The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Good evening, everybody. It is currently about 3.55 p.m. on Tuesday, February 27th. Had ourselves a pretty good two-game slate this morning in the LPL. 4-1 record with a plus 3.219 units for the day. Uh, only loser was Team WE on the money line, but an otherwise pretty good day. Uh, got a little bit lucky on the kill spread cover in Billy Billy Game 2. It was looking like JDG were going to, or not JDG, um, who did Billy Billy play? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was looking like TT were uh, going to just feed their asses off at the end of that second game. Um, looked like It really looked like a no-doubter for the kill spread in that game, and then it turned real sweaty at the end, but we got there. Uh, I guess we'll start with that one. Um, Billy Billy kind of had their early game exposed a little bit in this match. Um, Thunder Talk kind of matched them early, and then in the second game... Thunder Talk probably, I would argue, Thunder Talk probably should have won if they were a better team, but they aren't, so um, didn't get the the full-on win home. But, you know, Billy Billy showing some warts. You know, they, they played their way out of a thing, you know, out of a, out of a weird situation in this one, but exactly a confidence-inspiring performance from them, but it's also just like a sort of meaningless match for them on, you know, a Tuesday morning or Tuesday night, whatever. So tough to, tough to really put too much um, weight on any of it, but Billy Billy did not look great today. TT didn't either. It was more just like a sloppy series, um, even though it ended up in a 2-0. Just a shout-out to, to Ben. This was a vintage Ben series. We he It was really, really weird. He, he got solo killed early in Game 2, which is like something that doesn't happen to him often, but by the end of that game, he dealt more than 1,300 damage per second on Cassante in, you know, very Ben fashion, so... Yeah, that champ's got to go. It's still 14-2 in the LPL, but I wish we could just skip to 14-4. <laughs> WE versus JDG, also a bit of a strange one. Um, game 1 was pretty close through 20 minutes, kind of the game script I anticipated in this match, but um, JDG eventually turned the corner. Game 2, JDG blew out like a 6,000-plus gold lead in the first 22 minutes or so, and full-on through the entire thing, which allowed you know, WE to pick up the map. Uh, game three was one-way traffic for JDG, but, man, I, I was kind of expecting to get a couple of games, like game one, and that WE just flip heads in one or both of them. I did not expect a massive throw from JDG to come up on my bingo card today, but, yeah, it did. Um, I kind of pointed out that uh, WE are actually pretty good in the mid and late game. If you can't punish them early, they can beat they can beat anyone. And you know this was more just a mistake from JDG. I don't want to I don't want to you know make it more than it is here just to have confirmation bias. But yeah, WE will beat you if you screw up late. So anyway, pretty good day Tuesday. Uh, let's move on to the Wednesday slate. All right, first match on Wednesday morning, we have Ultra Prime plus one thirty on the money line. Uh, plus 1.5 mass at minus 221, minus 1.5 at plus 326 against Rare Adam, minus 158 on the money line, minus 1.5 at plus 179, plus 1.5 at minus 435. Rare Adam uh, with the 2-1 win over RNG, kind of unexpected, well, definitely unexpected on, on my part. I had RNG in that match, but um, kind of with a, 
changing character, playing more topside. It's going to be interesting to see if that's like what they want to do moving forward or if this is more a situation where that was just a specific game plan for RNG to attack their veterans. Um, not entirely sure which it was, but it worked for them because RNG looked like they had zero solution for it. Um, the models make Ultra Prime a moderate favorite here. The wrong team is favored. Ultra Prime also have side choice, which gives them a bump as well. Uh, you know, I don't blindly trust the models, but generally my rule of thumb is when you have matchups between the bad teams, like the, the garbage tier teams and the LPL, just take the plus money side and, you know, it's a close your nose special, classic, right? Take the plus money, who knows? It's an added bump, and then, like, it's an added bump if you have the plus money having side selection, which is what we have here. So I played Ultra Prime on the money line, plus 130 for one unit, Ultra Prime minus 1.5 maps, so plus 326 for a quarter unit. I also leaned to the kill total unders. I didn't end up playing them. The models absolutely loved unders here. They think it's an alt under play, like double staked. But and usually you do see unders in these bad matchups, uh, more so than not, or more often than not. But I'm not entirely sure if RA are going to full on shift to what we just talked about, like shift their style. Um, if they do, that last series was a lot bloodier than their usual um, fare. If you think it kind of goes back to normal, then I would play the unders, but I'm just going to play the side in this one. Next up, we've got LNG Esports, minus 212 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 152, plus 1.5 at minus 621 against Royal Never Give Up, plus 172 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 186, uh, minus 1.5 at plus 439. So LNG have been a very, very interesting team they've had an absolutely wicked opening draw of matches um i would argue that they've faced literally the five best teams in the lpl right now in a row they face jdg blg fun plus top and ninjas in pajamas in a row if you want to consider weibo in that conversation that makes it six in a row because they played weibo before jdg i personally still think this team is eventually going to figure things out I think they're going to end up in a similar tier with those teams that I just mentioned. But for whatever reason, they've just struggled a little more with their roster shuffle than these other teams. I think adjusting to um, Tarzan being out has mattered a lot to them. I, I Like I've mentioned before, I think Weiwei is a similar quality of player, but um, stylistically just a different kind of player. And I think they're they're kind of figuring themselves out and figuring out their identity. Um and in this current metagame, like, what they want to do is kind of what everyone wants to do. So they're having a tough time differentiating themselves. Um, they've also just faced an impossibly difficult schedule, which is warping all of their numbers, really. If, and really, if you if you look at, like, you know, Patreon subscribers can look at the tail of the tape I have for this. If you really look at this anyway, like, LNG have taken games in these series. They've had a couple blowout wins in these series as well. And most of the time, they're keeping games close, like... If you consider that three quarters of their schedule has been against like really really good teams, the fact that they've had a significant deficit at twenty and just fourteen percent of their games is actually very very good. So, you know, compare that to RNG who who have a twenty three and a half percent significant deficit rate, and they've played a significantly easier schedule. Planting my flag and and buying the dip on LNG here. Um, the other part of this handicap is that you know I. I'll admit this is a little bit biased because RNG just cost me a double stake play the other day when I played them against our, our Rare Adam. I, I'm I'm done with this team. I think RNG are a cancel. Uh, and I you know I, I try not to be too like 
reacting in the moment kind of like, you know, I guess emotional is the best way to put it, right? But like RNG, individually, good players. I don't even hate their approach to the game necessarily. It's just that their late game decision making has been just dog shit. And when you have bad late game decision making and your early game, um, which started off pretty good, albeit against a very soft schedule, started off pretty good, has really just tapered off. And they're not doing anything to create advantages as much, like significant advantages anyway. You know, they're they've had, like I said, they've had an easy schedule. They're only having a significant advantage or significant lead at twenty in seventeen and a half percent of their games right now, and they've shown just a lot of struggles in the transition game. They're just really, really sloppy. Even with a lead, they're very, very sloppy. And you know, they've been individually able to outplay some situations, but like. They just got blown out by a team that played directly into the teeth of what they're good at, which is like their top side. And I have no idea like what's going on with this team. Tangwon got getting solo killed in the Kali multiple times is like bad. I don't know. Like so weird because like I've completely 180'd on this team. Like I was very optimistic about them before the break. And like since the, the New Year's break, they've just looked like shit to me. And they haven't faced like really good teams either, so I'm buying the dip on LNG here. I played a double stake on the money line. Uh, LNG money line minus 212 for two units and LNG minus one and a half maps at plus 152 for 0.5 units. Really, really like the money line play. Contemplated a triple stake on this. Um, if I didn't have my hesitations about LNG's mid and late game um, macro, I would probably have triple staked this as a buy low. Uh, I, I really do sincerely think that LNG could finish the season like 9-0. I don't think that's out, out of the question. Like, they're re really their only difficult match remaining, unless some team really comes on as a, as a second-half, you know, surging team. I, I, their only really difficult match left is Team WE, and that's a match that they can win because WE aren't going to expose them early. So I, I really think they could finish like 9-0, 8-1, 7-2. Like this is a full on Buffalo Bills situation where they started six and six this year and everyone was down on them and it was a really, really just clear as day by the dip spot. I still think this team's gonna end up in the top five, top six, like by the end of the season, like in a playoff. I think I think they'll probably they could be a finalist. It wouldn't shock me. Um they've just had a rough start and they're still trying to figure themselves out a little bit and you know, I would say RNG have the continuity advantage and they do but guess what rng have looked like shit so give me lng on the money line i think in a couple weeks this this price is going to look comically cheap so um that's what i played moving on to the lck week six day one our first matchup is kwangdong freaks plus 495 on the money line plus 1.5 maps at plus 144 the sweep is at plus 1218 against genji minus 718 on the money line minus one and a half set minus 176 um Genji have been pretty solid as favorites, 8-1 straight up, 7-2 against the map spread. Kill spread's a lot more even. They've noticeably been an over team, uh, kill total or team total especially, um, as favorites this season. Uh, Genji do tend to play with their food a little bit. Uh, Kwangdong Freaks uh, obviously cost me a lot of money this weekend. Uh, they lost both series outright to Fred at Brion. Or OK Brion, sorry, OK Brion Savings Bank. Back-to-back um, -back series on the um, turnaround and the round-robin schedule. Uh, I double-staked them both times, lost outright both times. This was an infuriating watch. Kwangdong, I, I don't 
this is a very strange situation because I don't remember the last time a team looked like so clearly like they were on their way to playoffs and on an upward trajectory and just like completely collapsed against the worst team in the league. Um, really, I mean, I guess you could say like RNG kind of did that, but like, yeah, this was a tough watch. It was a really tough hang this weekend, and I really, really had to take a step back and take a breath and, and really think about what's going on with this series, like what's going on with this team, because it would have been really easily for me to be super biased in this match because of the results uh, betting-wise from this weekend. I think a lot of what you have to look at for this this handicap here is how much do you think that Kwangdong weekend this was a nightmare weekend was just a bad weekend versus there's you know signal here that maybe they're not as good as we thought there's a couple things at play first of all i think the first series um we saw probably the best um we've seen from brion in 2024 this is a team that hasn't had any kind of a pulse whatsoever basically and finally played a proactive game for the first time in forever and stopped rolling over and dying for the first time in forever, and suddenly they won a, won a match. Um, maybe caught a team off guard, maybe caught Kwangdong sleeping a little bit. A little bummed that they did that, but, you know, it's possible that that's a thing, right? The other thing is, in this second match, obviously this Sunday we had the long pause from the Darren, uh, D-plus and um, DRX series, and they ended up having to postpone this and play this match online. And as I've mentioned before, like when you get into a routine and something like that jacks everything up, just weird stuff tends to happen. Like you see this in real sports all the time too, when they like reschedule a game. A lot of these players haven't played an online match since COVID really. I mean, they scrim every day, but it's different when there's refs there and it's, you know, it's, it's a different setting and everything. And, and we saw during COVID, there was like a dynamic where some teams were just good online. And when they went to in stadium play again, there were other teams that just wilted under the pressure, right? Really, we, we, you have to do some soul searching and ask yourself if you think this was just a bad, weird weekend and a blip on the radar, or if there's signal here and to be honest with you, I don't know the answer to that cleanly. I don't, I'm not decisive one way or the other. I'm somewhere in between. I think it was a bad weekend from them. It was very obvious. They didn't play well even in the in the games that they won this weekend. They kind of caught a team that had a, a renewed sense of confidence. And then you had the weird pause on Sunday. So, like, I'm willing to give a little bit of, you know, I'm, I'm not make, trying to make excuses for them, but I guess I kind of am, right? Like, there's some degree of that that you have to give some weight to. But I also think you have to respect the fact that they just didn't play very well this weekend. And Bull in particular was just full-on Carzy or like a Diet Jackie love where he's just like stupidly aggressive and looked great. And then, you know, two minutes later, cost his team the game, right? Very, very on – like it was – he had a couple moments like this throughout the weekend. In like most situations, you know, and those of you that don't know, I've, I've – you know, I'm a trader as well. This is a situation where, like, I'd be contrarian and buy fear, right? This is a classic situation like that where you, you get a huge, huge overreaction to a team getting, you know, a bad loss. You see this in all sorts of sports. You see this, you know, with beat-up stocks. You see this with um, individual players. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff like this, right? And normally I'm the guy that will step in and I'll just, I'll just buy and get a good price, you know. I'll buy the dip, so to speak. But... You know, and they're going to have side choice for this series as well, which is the other plus side to playing Kwangdong. But you got to remember, like, the problem is they're facing Gen G, who's an elite team, and 
they're facing Genji on a short week because they had to replay that match online. So they didn't have the extra, the, the normal two days that they have. And then Genji got to see like whatever was working against them and whatever was exposing Kwangdong, Genji got to see it. So uh, you have to think that they're going to have a good plan coming into this. If Genji were not on the offside for this matchup, you know, and keep in mind in the LCK, that means like the LPL, they alternate every met, they alternate side choice for, you know, first, second, and third games, no matter what, regardless of the results. In the LCK, until the playoffs, it changes in the playoffs. In the LCK and all the other leagues around the world, side choice goes to the team that lost the map. So side choice really only exists for map one. But if you're going to have an offside favorite looking to sweep, it means they're going to have to win on offside back-to-back maps on maps one and two. So normally, I would want to play Genji on the, the map spread here. But they're on offside, and you're paying a premium because Kwangdong are coming off of an embarrass- two embarrassing losses, really. So... I'm not going to do that. What I am going to play is kill total overs. Now, there's a caveat here. Um, oh, before I go into this, I, I would lo- I would actually like playing Kwangdong kill spreads in a spot like this too, where they're both they have side choice both games, presumably, um, assuming they lose the, the first one. Um, that you know, it's an eight and a half kill spread. That's a pretty big thing. I'm not playing kill spreads here because I like the overs. Both these teams have been over teams. Genji have been an over team. Kwangdong's numbers are definitely inflated from this weekend's games. Like we got, I think like three of the highest scoring uh, combined kill total games in the LCK so far in 2024, all in the Kwangdong Brion matches this season, uh, this weekend. So their numbers are their combined kills per game totals are being inflated quite a bit here. But I do generally think that you know they were an over team before, and Genji have definitely been an over team. So I'm gonna play over 24 and a half kills at plus 107 and plus 105 for one unit each on maps one and two. Um, not liking the kill totals as much since I like overs because Genji do tend to run the score up. Alternatively, you could play Genji team total over. I think it's 15 and a half right now. If it's 16 and a half, I'd pass, but 15 and a half over, I'd play. Another reason to stay away from the big chalk in a situation like this is that we are going to be on a new patch this week in the LCK, and it's a patch that's going to change up a lot of things, and I'm really kind of interested to see the professional team's evaluation of this patch or if they're just going to kind of stick to comfort. Um, Cassante got pretty, got nerfed pretty hard on this one. So that, that could be a huge deal to the complexion of the top lane meta. It's going to be interesting to see if we start seeing more tank kind of stuff like Scion, or if we go more toward carries, or if it's just going to be counter picks, or if we see more topside focus or not, it's going to be interesting to see. You no, know, for that reason, I'm going to try not to play too many derivative angles this week. I kind of get a grasp on like what the team's read is on this stuff. I'm um, not going to see a lot of tower unders and, and neutral unders and stuff like that because I think there's a chance we see more of a split pushy kind of meta develop. Um, not 100% sure on that, but just kind of speculating a little bit. We'll see. I, I'm not too confident in that take. I just think it's possible, and I don't want to be caught, you know, holding the bag on tower unders if I'm if uh, I think we're gonna end up getting like some Fiora and stuff like that. So I'm gonna keep playing some kill total unders. They're a little bit riskier. This not unders over. Sorry, uh, in both these matches today. Um, spoiler alert on the next one, but I'm still gonna be playing kill totals because I think it's a team tendency, and I think you know there's a chance that these are a little more risky this week because of the patch change. But I, I'm going to go ahead and go through with them anyway, just because I think the kill total situations in both these matches are are so favorable that I think you just got to kind of ignore the patch change and, and pray it doesn't impact things too much because the situation's too good not to take a shot at. 
Moving on to our last match tomorrow, we have T1, huge favorites, uh, minus 2,012, minus one and a half maps at minus 327 against Firex, plus 10, uh, 1,087 on the money line, plus one and a half maps at plus 254, minus one and a half at plus 2,330. 23 to 1 on the underdog sweep here. Interesting to anyone? Not to me. Um, Fear X is underdogs 0-7 straight up, uh, 1-6 against the map spread. Against teams that are better than them, Fear X have just been kind of dominated. Um, they've gotten out to leads in some situations as an underdog, but generally like when they get leads against better teams than them, they find some way to bungle it in the in the mid-game or the transitional game. Fear X are more of a bet-on favorite against the bad teams than an underdog. Um, I do like that they're chippy. And that they're fight, that they'll fight and they'll take their shots. And I do expect this team to clean some things up and probably finish better than they've started the season. But uh, I I don't think this is the spot. T1 are going to have side choice for this series. If you're going to play a kill spread, the plus nine and a half on map two isn't a terrible look. If you want to get a piece of the underdogs here, or maybe just like map two money line is probably like five to one. Let me see. You can probably, you can get like, yeah, it's like five to one on the map two money line. So if you wanted to play, take a shot at Fear X, maybe that's how I would do it. Um, it is the first match of the week for T1. There's a case to be made for backing map one, even though Fear X will have, you know, offside. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going against this T1 team. So uh, notably, uh, T1 are only eight and 13 against the kill spread, though, with an average kill spread of 7.9. So if you are going to take the plus 9.5, that's not a, I don't think it's a terrible look. And uh, their average margin of victory is only 9 flat, so it's not a terrible idea. Uh, I'm not doing it personally. I am personally kind of playing uh, the proxy version of this, which is the over 24.5 kills on maps 1 and 2. Uh, map 1 plus 123, over 24.5 kills. Uh, map 2, over 24.5 kills at plus 115. I'm playing a 1.5x stake on both of these, so 1.5 units each. Combined, um, these two teams are both averaging about 25.6 combined kills per game. They have a very, very low volatility rating, meaning they are consistently landing above that number, um, or consistently landing a around their average, rather, which is around their mean and median, which is what I just said. Um, the Gelati, like my total net, balanced uh, projection for this series is 25.65 kills and I think there's a lot of upside which is wild to say but you know Fear X are a team that plays a lot of heavy melee competitions like most closer teams have in the year over the years um, they're just they were like this last year too they're going to just be an over team in general uh, T1 have also been an over team you know they've as you know as favorites their their kill totals have gone over in 15 out of 21 instances Average um, kill total in their games has been 22.8, which is on the low end, part of why their kill totals have been going over. But um, they are an over team for sure. Makes a lot of sense given that we're seeing weird stuff from Caria and that we're seeing you know, them kind of play with their food a little bit and experiment and really limit test and you know push the boundaries of how hard they can snowball a game. I think it's very possible that T1, you have to keep in mind like the downside here is that T1 win these games too hard early and they're not a contest. But Fear X are a team that tends to throw themselves into their enemy when they're losing. Again, a result of playing a ton of melee compositions. Um, I just think everything sets up perfectly well for a kill total over here. Like the 24 and a half, which is the plus money alt total on this, which is the one I played. You know, T1 go over that total in 65% of their games. Fear X in almost 61% of their games. 
this is a candidate for a kill total over ladder. I think this could seriously look like a European game. It's possible. Um, obviously, the downside is that T1 just win too hard early or they blow the game out earlier and they just clean close it. But if there is going to be a candidate for a kill total over game for a ladder kill total over game in the LCK, this would be it. T1 against Firex. Like These are the two teams I'd want involved in that situation. If you want... Um, I played just one and a half stake on the over 24 and a half kills, but I think this is a ladder candidate. Like you play over 24 and a half, over 25 and a half, over, you know, 28 and a half, over 30 and a half, whatever. If you want, just split your stake up accordingly. For bookkeeping purposes, I'm just going to play over 24 and a half. But um, this, this, if you're going to have one matchup that's a ladder candidate in the LCK, this is it. So um, if you end up wanting to do that for yourselves, then go for it. Um, that's going to be it for me today. Um, obviously, don't forget to like, subscribe. Uh, leave a comment, leave a review, all that stuff helps visibility. Um, obviously, you know, shout it out on Twitter, share, tell your friends, anybody that's involved in this stuff. I do this for free, but you know, it does help to have visibility out there and to grow the podcast and everything. So until then, I will see you guys tomorrow and best of luck.